I am from beyond. Listen, and all you desire will be yours. Welcome to Spider-Man and the Secret Wars. Prepare for battle. Welcome to Prattle World. I'm your host, the ever-amazing, ever-spectacular Spider-Dan. And in this podcast, I spotlight entertainment's best-kept secrets that a mainstream audience may find boring. And welcome to another edition of Secret Ball Stories, where I invite guests to count down a personal top five list in high-fidelity fashion. And we are coming to you, the audience. And it's through Zoom, the magistry of Zoom, the new, funky way we're communicating in this weird and wacky world we live in. So I have, from very far away, the distance, we have crossed this distance, Dennis Whittle is back! Well, hello, sir. Hello there. I'm very good. Yourself? I'm fine. This is really weird. (laughs) Yep, it definitely is. I've I've got headphones on, I've got a microphone, a laptop, a audio interface. It's all going off today. It's very technological. There's a lot of wires. I hope I don't fall over and, and kill myself doing one of those things. It's just amazing, you know, technology today just blows my mind. Tony Stark would be, ooh, look at this, they can talk through distance. He built this in a cave. With a bunch of scraps. With just a screen and some headphones. That's it. That's all, he, that's all he needs. That's all he needs. I mean, that's what he does. But I'm going to get on to Tony Stark a little bit later and a few other people. We are back together once again, and we're talking comic books. And who else am I going to talk comic books with? We are here to talk top five controversial comic book moments. So these are controversial creative decisions that have caused a stir in the comic book publication offices or with the fans due to either the poor handling of sensitive topics or the senseless treatment of beloved characters. So have you got a heck of a list? Because I did a lot of research and there's quite a lot of comic book controversies across all the different publication houses or the different publishers. Um, There is a lot. And I I wish I could have included more in my top five, if I could. I struggled keeping it to five, (laughs) uh, if I'm honest. My list has mainly gone for kind of stuff that I've actually read and, and, you know, controversy I've heard about. So I've gone either bought the book or read it. um, The controversy has come out as I've been reading it. So Okay. But I could have, I could be, we could be all day. Yeah. Uh, controversy that is in comics. Some it's of the controversy, you think, why is it controversial? That's yeah. Yeah. Well, again, if, if somebody doesn't like something, it could be, you know, or a lot of people don't like something, it could be d- termed controversial or, you know, it depends how it's handled, depends what subject matter they're, they're, you know, handling, depends again on the character, if, you know, what they're doing to a certain character, what they've done. Um, what they're potentially thinking about doing it could be anything like we've got a we've got a lot of subjects to cover should we just get started should we go for it yeah i think i think as you're the captain of um the technologies that you are the tony stark i am you are the reed richards maybe you should begin okay well i'm gonna read my notes ha 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 I'm on it. I'm on it now. I'm on it. Okay, so my number five is, is we're going over to your favourite publishing house. It's DC Comics, and we're going to talk about the Legion of Superheroes. DC Comics has not always been the most forthcoming in regards to diversity and representation, and I think 
like there was a lot the longest time where they didn't have any black characters any any african american or um you know black people depicted for a very long time and and there was a lot of talk about them not including them and things like that so i'm going to talk about one specifically there's a lot of other kind of similar similar storylines and similar characters that touched on a similar issue in a very controversial way but this this one is tyrock this character is descended from liberated slaves who found an island known as Marzel, which would disappear and reappear on Earth every 200 years. So these liberated slaves made their way to this island, and then it kind of went into a dimensional pocket for a very long time. Uh, and they became this kind of very much, a bit like Wakanda, they became very, um, you know, scientifically advanced, but they were quite isolationist as well. So they didn't want anything to do with anybody, anybody else or any other nations. Uh, and Tyrock was their main superhero, and he had this very odd power where he would scream a certain phrase and it would do something so he would me 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 and he'd, he'd shoot ice out of his fingers so very odd power but he would eventually come come to blows with the legion of superheroes but then eventually join them do you see any um any particular controversial elements to this story already Dennis? No, I think it's inc- I think it's wonderful man I think, you, th- yeah. you think it's you think it's in good taste yeah, <laughs> absolutely absolutely I, not I, yes <laughs> There, there, are, there, are, there are lots, um, lots of reasoning why this is a bit weird mm. and, and controversial and strange. Mm. The fact there are no, there are literally no diversity in this sort of time period. Yeah. They've all vanished. It's a bunch of white people jumping around in spandex. But the thing is, with the Legion, it is quite a diverse set. The whole idea of the Legion is that there's all these different superheroes from different planets, from different races. But like, and this was the question, it was like, the, the creators were like, well, there's no black people in the Legion and there's like 30 plus members of the Legion. Where are all the black people? And this was their way of going, oh, they decided to live somewhere else and that's why. But that's not all of Africa. That's like a small group of African slaves. They all moved away. Yeah. It is, it is a reality warping screen. Yeah. And, um, and lovely um, leotard with um, gold kind of Buckles. Well, I'm. I'm just. I was just about to go into that. So, so. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, so, our favorite controversial comic book creator, Jim Shooter. So he was 16 year, years old when he was writing the Legion and introduced a lot of characters. Like he, he actually wanted to introduce a lot of kind of black characters into the Legion. Um, and he, he was going to, um, do you know, Pharaoh Lad? He was going to unmask Pharaoh Lad and reveal that he was actually black. DC Comics said, absolutely not. The editors said, absolutely not. We won't do that. So he went, ah, fuck it. I'm going to kill off the character. Like, I don't care now. Because he was like, you're not going to give me my way, my own creative way. So fuck it. And it, and it became, that became a very famous story as well. I think it was uh, Death of the Sun Eater or Death of Pharaoh Lad or whatever they call it. But he, uh, yeah, he said this about the character. He said, I always wanted to have a character who was African-American. And years later, when they did that, they did it in the worst possible way. Instead of just incidentally having a character who happens to be black, they made a big fuss about it. He's a radical separatist. And I just found it pathetic and appalling. And that's coming from Jim Shooter. Yeah, and he's done. He's, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's... Caught him on a good day. Must have been, must have been. Um... Mike Grell also, you know, posited this question, where are all the black people in the Legion? And he co-created this character. He wouldn't want to tell you he did, but he did. So this is what he had to say about the character. So their explanation for why there was no black people in the Legion was that all the black people had gone to live on an island 
It's possibly the most racist concept I've ever heard in my life. I mean, it's a segregationist dream, right? So they named him Tyrock, gave him the world's stupidest superpower. Grell's dislike of Tyrock was strong enough that he deliberately made the character look ridiculous. I gave him a silly costume, and it was somewhere between Elvis Las Vegas costume and something you would imagine a pimp wearing on the street corner. So that is, I mean, he tried to sabotage that character because he hated the idea. He thought it was racist. You know, it's he obviously still has, he's still, he's still an artist. He's still got to get paid. So he's going to do whatever's required. But he did everything in his power to make sure that character failed. Uh, Paul Levitz, who was a long running writer on the Legion as well. He literally refused to use him in any of the stories. And he wrote, I think he wrote something like 30 years of the Legion. Um, for, or like altogether, he's he was like the, one of the big main writers on the Legion of Superheroes, and he just he said that the character was a bit silly and the the superpower, but I think it's the racism. It's mostly the racism, I think. Yeah, definitely. And there was it wasn't. I think he's recently said that about the racism, hasn't he? I think he's, I think he, he's he's done a couple of books about the history of, of of DC Comics, and okay, I think it's the second book he actually writes out in any racist the whole thing was, mm. um, and it was so. You know, like a year later, I think it was Black Lightning came out. Which did it? Did it right? Yeah. Um, and he, I think he, he writes down saying just that how disgusted you know a lot of people yeah. were about it. Yeah. Well, they they did it. I know they did a similar thing with Black Kryptonians as well, and and even Black Lightning started off as a quite a racist idea. He was originally called yeah, yeah. Uh, the Black Bomber, I believe, and he was a white guy who, when he got angry, turned into a superpowered black man. Say that again. Yeah. Say that again. So <laughs> character. So so he's a white man who got angry, and when he got angry, he would turn into a black man and have superpowers. Surely that's offensive to absolutely everybody on the planet. Like I don't even know how you could even conceive of such an idea. Because like they passed it to Tony Isabella, who had wrote, wrote uh, Luke Cage, I think, at the time, um, and he, even he was like, Jesus Christ, we can't do this. This is highly, highly offensive. And they weren't wrong. It bloody well was. So I chose I chose Tyrock out of those because I think the the costume itself is just bizarre, ridiculous. And again, like he's a bit like he reminds me a little bit of Vibe. Like George Perez, um, Vibe was quite a, a poorly conceived Hispanic character, and George Perez absolutely refuses to draw him even as a full body because George Perez is known for doing these massive spreads of DC and Marvel characters and he refuses to draw Vibe. He just feels that that character is the most offensive. Um, look into Vibe as well. Look into the history of Vibe and that's, that's quite a fascinating story and highly offensive as well. Yeah. So that's, that was my number five. Well done. Good Thank start. you. Yeah. <laughs> off, off, off to the races with racism. <laughs> Mine's going to be a little bit, a bit more tame than that. Okay, okay. First one. Let's hear your number five. My my first one is um, um a comic, a five issue comic by Mark Miller, um called Trouble, and um it is completely your fault. I've even read this because <laughs> uh, you mentioned it on a train on a train journey. I did, um, and I was in disbelief, and I went away and read it. <laughs> yeah, um, so tell us, tell us again. about it. It is basically um. The early, even though not called Aunt May and Uncle Ben, it's basically an early story of them. The, the seventeen and they're both seventeen. They're both seventeen. Um, Aunt May and Mary and uh, Ben and Richard, okay, um, are yeah. all teenagers, mm-hmm. um, finishing school and going on holiday to the Hamptons. 
Very nice. How wonderful. How Lovely. That is. Sweet. Within the first three pages, Aunt May has stolen alcohol from her dad to get hammered on the way to the Hamptons. Sounds so like Aunt May. She's already nicked, nicked alcohol and started drinking it and driving. Drinking, and this is Aunt May, <laughs> drinking <laughs> and driving on the way to the Hamptons. And then it's just full on. Who's going to bang who, when, why, and how? Wow. Apart from, apart from Uncle Ben. Uncle yeah. Ben is a bit shy in it, a bit more retiring, a bit more kind mm. of, I want to wait till I find the right one before I have sex. I want to do this properly. And he's, yeah. Aunt May just wants to do everybody, every which way she can. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and she's not bothered how she gets it. She just wants it. Um, and Uncle, un- Uncle Ben wants to say like, no, no, May, you know, I've, I, I'm going to wait till we're married and stuff like that. So what's she going to do? She goes and bangs his mate, his brother, oh no less, who just happens to be Spider-Man's dad. Richard Parker. Dad. Jesus. Richard Parker. And the, the whole scene, the whole scene of him doing the fornication, shall we say, mm. um, Aunt May, you know, she's, he's in bed, they're like close to each other and goes around in her in a, in a purse and pulls out some, um, a, a condom and says, you've just hit the chatbot tiger. Uh, I think I've heard that somewhere before. Mm. Um, obviously, you know this. This goes on. They have sex. Aunt May gets pregnant. Right. And Aunt May's um, May's parents are quite um, old-fashioned. Just going going back. So she's getting pregnant. She gets pregnant with Peter at seventeen. What the hell happens to her in those fifteen years that she looks so old and ragged at thirty years old, thirty-two well, I, years old? I, I think I think it's the worry of the fact that it's implied in the comic that if she tell, tells her mom and dad, they will beat her and throw her out on the streets. Jesus! It's not. It's not even like it's 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 not even subtle. They yeah. ask, call them like. There's a conversation between um, Aunt May and Mary in it, and she's basically saying that you know, you know my parents, they they won't handle this. I'll be out on the streets. I'll be doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing the other. She also lives with a homeless guy for a while, and she also calls to actually hate the fetus. She hates Peter inside her. This child, Jesus, she absolutely hates it. She's calling it names. She she refuses to do anything with it, which is like this is Aunt May. This is lovely Aunt May. Yeah. This is this is the person that you know we've grown up with. Who cares about Peter? Who cares about yeah. the, you know, MJ and this and the other? No, no, not this Aunt May. No, don't Jeez. give a fuck. Not at all. Wow. The the whole thing comes out because it turns out that um, Uncle Ben is sterile. Um, and then when she she kind of goes to him and says, oh, "I'm pregnant. We've had sex and I'm pregnant." He goes, "Hang on a minute. I can't have children." Wah, wah. Um, actually, it's your brothers. Wow. And like, she tells him like hmm. like it's nothing. Like yeah, there we go. Doesn't even care. I mean, like, like, really brutal. Like, it doesn't even sound like Aunt May. Like, the characterization is it's, all wrong. It's ridiculous. She's she's awful in it. She's like, I don't know. She's like Vicky Pollard in it. He's <laughs> like, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, no, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, I told him to pull out, yeah, but, no, but he didn't. Yeah, but Aunt May, yeah, God. It's, it's awful. I mean, tr- and, the you know, the, ti- the title Trouble, like it, it's it's like in in the UK in like that sixties, fifties, sixties. They used to call it when when someone would fall pregnant and a woman would fall pregnant, they would say, "Oh, she's in trouble," or "She's got herself into some trouble." So I, I guess that relates to that a little bit. But yeah, and the, the the dialogue in it is is very poor as well. Um, Aunt May is based on MJ. She's got long red hair. She she even looks like her in. in quite a lot of the panels i think the art the artist is, is has kind of kind of said that but it kind of okay so she has the baby she has she has the baby peter mm-hmm. that she hates her and 
Mary, yeah, she hates, comes up with this kind of story about what they're going to do with it. And she basically gives the baby away, goes home, forgets about it. No problem. Never happened. While Peter then goes get, you know, goes away um, with the loving family. Well, for a while until, you know, they die. Mm. Um, spoiler. Um, and she just goes home and forgets about it. Literally. Just, just goes home, gives the baby away. See you later. Cheerio. Nothing. Um, this is this is a character who's warm, loving, supportive, strong woman. You know who, who knows. You know, obviously, some of the depiction in the earlier comics, she's she's a bit you know frail and old and stuff. But she has evolved over time, and she's got a really interesting backstory. I read a story once where she fell in love with a gangster. She used to be involved with like a, a mob boss, and then Uncle Ben Kaiser kind of takes her away from that life, which is a great story. It's a great little story. And he kind of comes back and he's like, he's got Alzheimer's and stuff and he's all frail. And she kind of forgives him for being all evil and stuff and takes him back to the nursing home. And it's a lovely little story. And, and Spider-Man's just literally watching her do all these things. He's not getting involved. Why ruin it with something like this? Why take something so sacred and so be- such a beautiful character who's always been there and will, you know, will always be there, you know, even though she's died about seven times. Um, yeah. You know, why, why do it? What for, what for a cheap little mini series about trying to bring back romance comics? Yeah. Well, the, the, the whole thing, well, there's no romance in this. She screws him the first time. She's literally, she's only met uh, Richard, Richard Parker that day and screws mm. him that night. The, the, the not the, yeah, and that's what another one of the things we're saying about her. There's no romance in this comic at all, and they kind of by issue three they've forgotten about who Ben is. They really? Mention him. He's like, where, where's he gone? And if, if you think about the, I think early on they've established that May can't have children, and right. they can't have children in it. And um, Peter, Peter's parents are you know a lot younger than than May, but in this they kind of they're all about the same sort of age. Yeah. And they, I didn't realize this until. I, I read the, the graphic was they did quite a few different covers and they mm. did a bunch of photo covers mm. um, of, of teenage girls in bikinis. And they're quite, they are quite young for teenage girls. Like they must be like 14, 15. They are, they are, they are weird. And they're Un- uncomfortably young. Obviously one, one, you know, one's MJ and one's Gwen Stacy. That's basically one's blonde, one's red hair. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, 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 the issues I, they did when they got released. They got re-released. They did mm. the the artwork. Um, I can't remember the, the artist's name. I think it's the I think it's the Dodsons, isn't it? Terry Dodson yeah, and Terry. Rachel um, Dodson. So I think they got rid of that, and then um, did his artworks, the cover. But when they first released it, it was these photo covers, which I didn't even realise did. And even the covers are like, oh, creepy. They are creepy and weird. This. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's again, it's like it's it's almost like they wanted they wanted to get in that young female crowd or pull in that audience. But it really, from the sounds, of it, I've not read it myself. Like a lot of these, I know you've read all your choices. Like there's a couple of my choices I've not really read, and I kind of don't want to read in a, in a sense because I've just like all I've heard about them. I'm like, oh my god, I don't want to even touch that. Um, and I think this is one of those stories, and it's by Mark Miller as well, isn't it? Yeah, I th- I, you're right, because I think the photo covers were supposed to be done in the style of 70s teen, you know, teen... Um, teen magazines, magazines, yeah. ...used to come out, hmm. um, which was unusual anyway, but they just seem, seem a bit off to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the content. Yeah, but, it's know, not... I, I, you know, I've I got a daughter. I don't... You know, they want to appeal to the teen, the teenage kind of daughter. Yeah. Um, to pull this comic off and read this is not the sort of person no. one. well again it's like you've, she's clearly not heard about you know great power and great responsibility yet <laughs> from Ben because she, she seems like a complete arsehole 
you know, which is awful. Yeah, which is, it's just, and I think you know, if, if selfish into it, the, the backlash was was quite phenomenal. Yeah. Um, first issue, first two issues sold okay, obviously because of the pre-order system, and then the last two didn't barely sell at all. Graphic did okay because they repackaged it. People weren't weren't happy with it at all. I'm not surprised, and it's kind of now been forgotten about. Yeah. Luckily. Yeah. You know, well, of, well, no, no. Yeah. Isn't Peter Parker's mum? Yeah. Know? I think that's for the best. Kind of, and they're not named, you know, they don't give them the full names like Richard no. is Richie, you know, um, May, Mary. Yeah. Of, it's not, it's not May like, Riley. It's not Richard Parker. Yeah. 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 It, it's almost like they kind of thought, we'll just, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we can always say, no, actually, it isn't, isn't them at all. Yeah, exactly. But we all know it is. But, I mean, I mean, yes. it might, yeah, just awful. Yeah. It just sounds awful. It, it is awful. And it's, you know, it's from your favorite publishing house. Yay. Thank you, Marvel. Well, we've got a few more from Marvel coming up. Don't worry. It's okay. You know, DC are racist. You lot are sexist. You know, it's great. Misogynist. Let's get on. <laughs> we're, we're both as bad as each other in regards to yeah, our, well, publish, our publishing oh, yes. houses. You know, don't, don't worry. We'll, we'll, coming up. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get to it. We'll get to it. So um, my number four is quite a modern one, actually, quite a recent one. About three, three years ago, so, you know, tying comics, promotional comics. These are quite standard for Marvel and DC. You know, uh, you know, DC did a KFC one. You know, Marvel's done a Subway one. I think DC did a Subway one. Um, Audi, Harley Davidson, that sort of thing. They'll do a tie-in. They might introduce some new characters purely for that that issue or that set of comics. They announced at New York Comic Con about three years ago that they were going to um, do a promotional comic with uh, Northrop Grumman. Okay, so you might you might not know who they are, but they are quite a notorious arms dealer. So Marvel teamed up with an arms dealer to promote a comic that was supposed to promote um, aerospace technology and children getting involved in um, science, technology, maths, all the sciences. But it was basically an idea to get them into superheroes and get them into, you know, Iron Man and uh, the Vision and, you know, Nick Fury and Captain America, the Avengers are all here and this new team, the NGEX. All the fans there immediately tweeted about it and they were like, um, Marvel, did you not forget the lesson that Iron Man learnt? in his first movie and his comic that maybe being an arms dealer is quite a bad thing. And they were like, shit. And the backlash was, was crazy on Twitter. It was all over the show. And within days, this was cancelled, like ridiculously cancelled. People said that Marvel were war profiteering. They said it was a disturbing partnership. You know, they were saying every, every Pakistani village we bomb, will give them a free copy of Secret Empire. You know, it, it was just it was just awful. It was just a very bad promotional deal. And they were just like, we're sorry, this isn't what we, int- you know, we wanted to promote aerospace technology. But because there has been all this backlash from all the other stuff that Northrop Grumman do, we're just going to fucking cancel this totally. Just sack it right off. You know, it's a, it's a scary world where Marvel think, yeah, that seems like a good idea. That seems okay. I don't know if that was maybe a Marvel decision or a Disney decision or who knows. Money decision. Yeah, money. It's got to be money. It's it's. Yeah, it's got to be on it. But you you would surely you would just think for a minute that maybe promoting arms dealers to children is not a great idea, and to put your the the most famous and popular currently those characters next to this new team of of arms dealers, these young kids with like got all this technology and stuff. 
Um, maybe that's not a great look for the Avengers. I just, yeah, <laughs> beggar's belief. You thought they'd do a bit of due diligence and look at it one day. That's what these people actually do. Oh dear. Yeah, exactly. They were they were the Stark Enterprises. They were the the Hammer, you know, Hammer Technologies. There were all these yeah. all these awful companies. And Marvel's gone. Yeah, we love we love evil corporations. That's our wheelhouse. You know, that's what we want. That's what we want to promote to kids. <laughs> we love Hydra. And this was this was the same year that they made Cap. You know, uh, speaking of controversies, they made Cap an agent of Hydra. So there was a lot of controversy about that. Um, so and then this only just added fuel to the fire, really, of the, the whole <laughs> 2017's controversy. Ridiculous, oh, ridiculous. Crazy. And that was only a short one for me. I don't really have much more to say about that one, but I thought I'd get a more recent one up. But I just, I just think, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Pretty much. Um, just how? Fantastic. How? Well, it, it's good because the way I've structured mine is I've got a short one and a long one and a short one and a long one. So okay, cool. Really well. Lovely stuff. Almost like you've got a hive mind. Mm, like a bog. <laughs> yeah, like a bog. Okay. <laughs> um, mine, mine's a, a, a new a new one as well. Mine's, okay. Um, and mine, mine's a bit of a silly one. Because um, on. I, I don't really understand what the issue was with it. Hmm. But it's uh, Batman Damned, number one, a.k.a. Okay. the Batwang. Oh, my. So um, for, for the people that don't know what the Batwang was, um, what... What happened in Batman Damned? So Batman Damned was launched... Basically, DC have, have a new label called Black Label, which is an adult-orientated imprint. So the content is usually got a bit sweary in it, a bit of sex, this, that, and the other in it. So it's it's surely it's aimed at over eight, over 17, um, as they have in America. So Black Label is an adult... Keep that in mind, an adult imprint, okay? Launch title was... Batman Damned, which is a, a Batman supernatural story, which are you know lots of different characters in there, and it's basically, and who's who's done it, who's killed the Joker, okay, so the, the story kind of follows Batman on the hunt to find out whether he's done it or whether somebody else has done it, and about a third through the issue, Batman is injured, he's 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 been through a bit of shit as Batman does, and um, he goes to the Batcave. And um, he gets takes off his bat suit, and as he's taken off his bat suit, you see you see a muscular bat, a bat, bat, back. You see his 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 bottom, mm-hmm. and then from the front, you see his penis. Oh, um, outline and a little bit of helmet of penis. Mm-hmm. Now, this blew up completely. Soon as it, I you know. I couldn't get Batman damned in quick enough. People just wanted Batman. <laughs> um, and DC um, decided that they were going to, in every other, in the digital, and they, they were, they were going get, get to basically get rid of the penis. Mm-hmm. So when it came out on digital, there'd be no penis. And they said, they're not going to do a graphic novel. They did eventually, but when this came out, they're not going to do mm-hmm. it. But if we do, we're going to get rid of the penis as well. So the only way I've seen Bat's, Batman penis is to get all those Batman Damned One. It's an adult comic. It's an adult imprint. It's aimed at people who have probably seen a penis. And I don't see what the big deal was about it. It was literally an outline. Yeah. It's a silhouette, was wasn't it? One, it? Yeah, silhouette. You see you see a little bit from behind and then you see a bit of a silhouette, a uh, bit, bit of blue colour in. And everyone's going about everyone forgot the first issue is great. The artwork's great. The setup of the story is great. The, the, the atmosphere which is built by um, Azarillo is amazing. The mm. artwork is great. Is that, BM, is that BMO? Lee BMO? 
yeah, 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 yeah. Like I don't particularly like the way he draws Batman, you know, but the setting and everything was was very the atmosphere was great proper kind of, a bit kind of ghost story type you know all yeah. natural and everyone just goes on about the penis literally the penis that was it Batwang. and this I mean, comic it, went from being i think it was seven pounds yeah 80 80 quid 90 quid jesus christ it's the kind of artist i'm not signing anymore i'm not not, not, not doing it it's, you know this is not what it's about this it's about the story hmm. um and it's just about his penis but it, Again, I revert back to the point. It's it's an adult comic. It's an adult imprint. It was supposed to be pushing boundaries yeah. and being a little bit more kind of risque. Edgy. Apparently, I'm not allowed to see Batman's penis. Right. That's you know. And again, like you said, it's an adult thing, so it's not meant for like kids to see. It's not meant for people that don't want to read those adult stories. There's like every comic book character has their darker, more adult tales and their more kid friendly tales. You know, that's just the way that's just the way the characters are. They can you can repackage them and, and show them and display them in so many different forms, you know. You know, you can tell that story in so many different ways. And I just think and it's all it is is a few brush strokes. That's all it is. Yeah. It's, it's it's not even it's not like full frontal, well lit penis. It's not like a porno or you know a dick pic. It is literally a few bits. Of, like there's worse. There's worse in art galleries across the world. You know of you know penises hanging out and you know religious you know nudity on artwork on statues. It's no worse than that. It's just that people people have just glommed onto it for no real reason. They say that DC didn't handle it particularly well, and I think DC just went cha-ching because saying they're going to, with you know, an FEO the future publication, not going to have it on, just mm. made everybody go and scramble for these books. And there was no second printing, so everybody wanted them. So the secondary market blew up, and DC just kind of shifted. You know, it was their biggest book of the year. Mm. Everybody wanted it, so they just went, "Yay, we, we made lots of money." But I know the artist, and then we had to change a few other bits because there's a bit with um, Harley Quinn. You see Harley Quinn's boobs, and he had to go back. The, I think the, the, the issue was so late because he had to go back and then put speech bubbles over her boobs and things. Right. And he's just kind of like, well, if you're going to do that, just just don't do don't do a black label. Don't yeah. do an adult imprint. Just put it out normal because you know you get to see Silhouette's boobs in the normal Batman comic. You, mm. you know, Zatanna, but you, you've seen her boobs. Yeah. Um, and come on, you pick up a Harley Quinn, she's pretty much naked. Hmm. Um, and poison ivy is the same. So if you don't, if you don't want, if you don't want to push the boundaries and make it more adult and make it more kind of a bit more eyebrow hmm. in that respect, then then don't do it. Don't tell the artist he's got to go back and change it all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it was a bit curious, but that's and that's the point of it. I think that was the point of like I, I saw an interview with him and he was basically saying that he was told to go in and do what he wanted with it. It's an adult book. Go on, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want to P- do. Push the, the envelope. And then he was told to go back and change. And so he, he, there was a town of bit he had to change. There was a, a poison, uh, not poison, a harlequin bit he had to change. There was quite a few other bits he had to like go back and change. And he was very, he was really, really not happy about it. And this is all because of a background. One little penis. So much not fuss. Little. Quite impressive. <laughs> was he circumcised? <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, fair play, fair play. It's not even a full panel, it's a tiny little... It's tiny, thing. yeah, tiny. But that's, that's not, it, it's just... Not his penis, but no. swear. Yeah, I mean, that'd be, that'd be a weird penis. That'd be a very odd penis to see. And, you know, I, I just like to revert, revert back to the fact it's an adult comic. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. And again, again, like, and again, like, it's not the main continuity either, so it's not like it's, you know the Batman you know and love in the main continuity getting his dick out. You know, who's to say what, you know, the Bruce Timms Batman dick looks like? You know, who cares? You know, 
you know, I know, I remember um, mole rats, they talk about like, you know, does the, the thing have a big dick? Can Reed Richards stretch his dick into, you know, that's always like a fun, stupid conversation. But, you know, Batman will have a normal dick. He, ha he definitely has a dick. That's, you know, it's just biology. He has to have one, you know, unless, you know, he's yes, had he a, a dick. unless he's had a change, you know, he's made a transition. That he has to have a penis. That's, you know, it's, it's in the name, man. You know, it has to be... Well, have genitals, male kid, genitals. So you need, you tend to need a penis to have a child with, yeah. with a woman. And he's he's um, also knocked up uh, a Catwoman as well recently as well, hasn't he? Yeah, you know, he's he's had sex with with multiple people because mm. you know he's a guy. That's what you know. That's what he's done. So mm. I never, I don't, I, I never quite understood. Like, you know, the the first thing you came on, um, yeah, I can get that completely. Yeah, really. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult. I've seen penises. Yeah, get over it. It's Very it's so. it's almost like it's almost like it's a schoolyard thing. It's like <laughs> Willy. <laughs> it's like that. It's mm -hmm. like it's so immature. Mm -hmm. It's just just like I, I would again. I'd be reading it for again the artwork, the writing, and the story because it sounds like an interesting story. I might eventually get round to it, but at the moment I'm just like it's just like I just it just what's the point? Like Marvel Max never had these kind of issues, really. Like Marvel Max does the exact same thing. There's nudity, there's sex, there's violence. There's never been, and and they know and they say parental advisory, you know, discretion and things like that. So you know what you're getting into in those books, you know. So I don't get it. Silly. I don't get it at all. Silly and stupid. There we go. Right, very good one. Batwang. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So. Um, so that was your number four, wasn't it? So this will be my number three. So I'm going to go with a very controversial... It was controversial at the time, and it was quite groundbreaking. And it's a storyline called Snowbirds Don't Fly, and I'm sure you're very familiar with this one. Um, so this was during the Green Lantern, Green Arrow series, written by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Groundbreaking because they basically, every issue, they would tackle, the heroes would tackle... A, a social ill or a problem in real life, like a, a relatable issue. Like there's a famous panel where Green Lantern goes up to a black man goes up to Green Lantern and he says, you know, I've seen you save the orange skins, the green skins, but what have you ever done for the black skins? And Green Lantern is just is just he, he can't look at him because he he's, he realizes he's right. I've done nothing to help people of color in in the world in my community shit and it and it, it brings home this kind of realism and green lantern kind of played the kind of republican conservative role and and green arrow would play the kind of liberal role and they would kind of bat and forth and they would argue over the issues and how to resolve them things like overpopulation pollution um you know um big big businesses taking advantage of people things like that but this one really hit home and it was basically about Oliver Queen's sidekick, Speedy, he became a heroin addict. Like he got hooked on smack. And and the cover is quite famous because it shows Speedy directly injecting heroin into his arm. And that's quite shocking. You know, that's quite a shocking image. Like you don't you wouldn't have seen that on TV, you wouldn't have seen that in the movies, particularly. Uh, but it was on a you know a, a comic book that was potentially aimed at children and and other people. Well, it was aimed at children because it was to convince children not to get into drug addiction, to be to get hooked on heroin and things like that. And there was a similar story with Spider Man where they would uh, Harry Osborn took LSD and there was a whole he had a big 
kind of overdose thing going on. There was another lad who threw himself off the building. And the comics code at the time were they they wouldn't allow any showings of drug use. So eventually they both both books said we're, we're going to print this because the government have asked us to do this, like to help the youth of America. We're going to just print it without your code. So fuck you. And they did. And it, this this comic won several awards. I think it was um, Harvey Awards and all the other kind of comic book awards around at the time. And, and it was quite an interesting issue because Green Arrow obviously is quite in this one. He's quite liberal and he, you know, he doesn't want to be violent necessarily. And he's really shocked at this point because he's like, on the cover, Green Lantern's like, you have all the answers, Green Arrow. Every time you've got all these answers. But what do you say to this? And and Green Arrow hits hits Speedy, hits this teenage, you know, drug user. And and he's like, he's, he's horrified. He doesn't know what to do. He's just, he's responding on an emotional level. He's not actually thinking about it because it's really hit home for him. This one particular issue has come, you know, come home to roost. Um, and you know all the other ones have happened to relatively to strangers in these stories, but this one really hits home, and it's quite a it's quite an interesting issue. And and Speedy would go on to have quite a horrible life. <laughs> yeah, you can read Cry for Justice, Justice League, Cry for Justice, Rise of Arsenal. He's had a hard time of it. You know, he had a child with a supervillain who she went on and nuked a whole country. I re- I do really like the character. It's just a shame that he's been treated like this as well. I think the story's good. I do think the story's good, but I think subsequent stories have not been as kind to Speedy, and they're controversial in their own right, in their own way. Um, you can definitely look into those, but this... this, yeah, this The one with Arsenal, the one he, he beats up everyone, he's high as a kite, and then Batman beats the crap out of him. Yeah, and he, 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 on the outlaws. yeah, and I think he's, I think he's, I think he's so high at one point he, he kills people and saves a kitten or something, yeah. where he, and he thinks yeah. it's his dead child. Oh, that's right, she I, dies as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I like this book a lot. I think it's well written. I think the mm. artwork's great. I think it's well written, and it is one of those that you, you kind of read and you, you're thinking, what would you do? You know, you've been yeah. super liberal. You've been saying all these things, and all of a sudden, and the, his reaction is, I think it's kind of like. You don't expect his reaction to be because he does wallop him quite hard. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, proper backhand you know, gives him a proper backhand. Yeah, he hits a he hits yeah. a child effectively, you know. Yeah. But but yeah. I kind of I kind of understand where he's coming from. It's not like he's you know he's not doing it maliciously. He's just like no, he does, just he, out of shock. It's a reaction, isn't it? It's yeah, more, exactly. It's more like a it's more like an impulse. It's more like it, it you know a reflex. Mm. Yeah, I I just think it's uh I do I do feel like reading it now. I read it. In the last year or so, I think the the whole story of the last couple of years. It's a really good, it's really great artwork, great stories. Um, some of them are better than others. And I do feel that sometimes the writing is a little heavy-handed, but it's still again, it's it's going back to a time where we didn't talk about these things. So we kind of we kind of had to be heavy-handed about it. Um, but yeah, overall, and, and really good. You weren't allowed to tell these stories originally, were they? That's you know, yeah. you're saying the point. The comics called in DC and stuff and all the top publishers kind of shied away from these sort of things that yeah. O'Neill and Adams are trying to do. And, mm. you know, even, even now, you know, Adams fought for the rights of things, yeah. creators and, you know, rights, you know, he's very much of John Stewart was, was his, his creation and things yeah, like yeah. So he's very much of this liberal kind of mindset and he mm. really pushed it. And he was, you know, John Stewart, asking. John Stewart debuted, John Stewart debuted in this series as well. in the green arrow, yeah, green Lantern, yeah. so. Just saying, he, you know, he is kind of Adams is, Persona at this time was very much of he's a bit of, he's a bit of an asshole and a bit of this that, and the other, but he had he had things he wanted to say. He was a child of this time. He wanted to rebel against people saying you can't do this. Um, 
and having a kind of a brief conversation with him about it, he kind of he kind of looks at it now and thinks, well, I could have perhaps done things slightly different, but he stands by everything he's done, which is fair enough, isn't it? Yeah. What else? What else can you do? Um, I know. I know he was. He was saying um, that he. He was kind of helping out the kind of you know drug drug addict centres and would tr- would try and give money when he could as well. Neil Adams specifically, and I know Denny O'Neill struggled with alcoholism as well. So there you go. And um, he, he. That's a really good story. He wrote uh, Iron Man for a bit, and uh, and he he basically puts Tony on a, like a two or three year bender and has James Rhodes take over as Iron Man, which is a really good run, really underrated run. Um, introduces Obadiah Stane as well. Um, definitely, that one's definitely worth a, a look as well. Uh, and Demon in the Bottle, you know, the original story is great too. So uh, yeah, so that was my number three. What's your number three? Well, mine um, is going back to um, back to a, a different time, shall we say? Okay. And mine's um, Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane, number one or six. Okay. And the title of this issue is I Am Curious. Brackets black close brackets okay so this this this, the whole premise of the of the story is lois lane Mm -hmm. um turns herself black for a day turns herself into a black lady for a day so she can go and do um a bit of investigative journalism in little africa uh you know saying this out loud it's a bit weird yeah the whole idea behind behind the story came from a good place if anybody reads the history about how it was written and stuff, it came from a good place. It came from trying to kind of, you know, I was talking about with um, yeah. early stories and trying trying to different characters, trying to put more black people in comics, trying to put more diversity. They mess up big style. Yeah. Um, for some bizarre reason, Superman in, in the Fortress of Solitude has has a, a a machine that turns you black. As you do. Don't know why. You know, I mean, Never I mean, explained. yeah. What, what what for what reason? Who knows? Who knows? And um, so Lois goes into it because she, she's, she's at the beginning, she's trying to get into this, this area called Little Africa. Uh, and she's like, because she's not black, it's kind of shunned. You know, you're just, you know, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what it's like to, to live here. So she goes away and thinks, you know, they're right. You know, I don't know what it's like. So she goes in this machine and comes out black, then spends about a third of the book um, looking. And, you know, there are some hard hitting stuff. There's, there's poverty, there's racism, there's all kinds of things that she's like, oh my God. And then she's also a victim of racism. So she sees okay. it firsthand. And again, wow. you think, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it kind of makes sense. Hmm. But then it ends. <laughs> and the ending, it's a little bit weird. So she goes through all this and you think she's going to come out of it and she's going to be a better person. Yet, she goes to Superman and says, even though I'm a black, now I'm a black woman, would you still marry me? And Superman pauses for quite some time. Oh dear. Um, he pauses that long that um, she says, right, I get it, you won't mind me even black, and goes back in the chamber and turns herself white again. Ooh. Out. So, so is Superman a racist? I don't know. Mm, um, oh, I sincerely hope not. Yeah, me too. I Maybe he was just shocked. I don't know. But it is, it is I, I own this comic. Um and it is kind of the bits that they do really well are showing racism, are showing what yeah. people are. Little Africa is a terrible name for a, yeah. a ghetto, obviously. Yeah. You know, a bit like Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Kind of uh, stuff. Yeah, you know, Harlem, something like that. Harlem and stuff. And you've got these, and uh, the Bronx and stuff. So, you, so you've got these things happening. And obviously, Lois Lane's never, never had it done to her. She has it done. She's, she's shocked. And, but 
she's shocked enough not to that bothered about it that she goes away and just says Superman I'm black would you marry me nah mm, uh, mm. yeah yeah like uh, like why why like if if you've done all that kind of stuff like I get the whole that you can't really understand the plight of somebody who you know from a group of people that are marginalized and looked down upon and you know and and just treated poorly you can't get that unless you experience it you know firsthand like you know you'll never truly understand what it is to be in somebody else's shoes so I kind of get the idea I kind of like I can understand where they were coming from but why tag that bit on the end what's why is that so important like I know the Lois Lane comics were not the most you know forward-thinking comics of all time you know, he, she was mostly trying to trick Superman into marrying him, I think, in most issues or yeah. something like that. Um, so it was not really the Lois Lane we know today or think about today. So I can see that the good intentions, but you've just you've just butchered it. You've absolutely yeah, it, you've you messed it right up. It completely ruined any message. Yeah, anything that they tried to do ends mm. soon as that the, the last yeah. two pages of, of the entire book, yeah. and. Even though like the handling of of Little Africa is all from her point of view, mm. they do paint the, the the people of Little Africa in in not the best light. There's there's a street meeting where they're just saying like you know you know we must talk about black people are beautiful blackies or something. And it's kind of like street preaching and this. And you're thinking, yeah, okay. There's, there's a scene in which she tries calling a taxi and the taxi drives past her. She says, "Why are you not stop for me? Oh, it's because you're black and." She gets called a racist slow in it, and this, that, and the other. And you kind of think, okay, th- there are elements in it, but then yeah. it's completely ruined. Yeah. With Superman going, hmm, I don't know. It makes no. She should have just gone back, wrote the story, changed back, and and then gone to Perry White. Round. We want to. We need to be yeah. doing this story. We need to be, you know, the, the plight yeah. of people in this area is disgusting. We need. Yeah. No. By the way, will you marry me? That's all mm. she's bothered about. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So yeah, poorly handled. I think is. Is what I'm going to say about that story. I think, just I own yeah. it. I, yeah. I I bought. I, I collect Superman anyway. But yeah, it was one of those one of those issues that I, infamous. You know, like I said I, I do own all the these. Um, I'll go into why I, I I have these comics later on, but I um I saw it. It's it's quite a hard comic to get hold of, to be honest. Mm. Um, because it's so it's so weird, and it's Lois Lane comics were quite quite a low run as well. So yeah. They weren't, um in the hundreds of thousands print runs so it's quite hard to get hold of so it's quite expensive as well mm. but it's just it's just worth reading it just to kind of get <laughs> when you get done you get why yeah. <laughs> you left the game why it was mm. it was it was okay you could have done so much more now <laughs> will you mind me there we go so there oh, we go that's, that's that wow one. that and and i think that's uh that's one I'm, you know, I've I've heard a lot and always kind of comes up in lists like this. And here's another one <laughs> for you from the pages of Marvel Comics. It's Hank Pym, the wife beater. So way back in Avengers 213, in the previous issue, Hank had just come back to the Avengers after a long hiatus. So bear in mind that Hank has had mental issues in the past. He's forgotten who he is. He's taken on other personalities. He's been attacked by Ultron and, and his memories manipulated. So he's not had the best you know, time. He comes back as the Yellow Jacket is, is kind of more one of his more famous forms. His guises, superhero guises, many superhero guises he has. He takes out, violently takes out a supervillain and they are, he's chastised for it and he puts the team in danger. So they decide to have a meeting to potentially court martial Hank Pym 
and he starts to have basically a nervous breakdown. He's got this mad inferiority complex on top of all this. So it's, it's, he's not in a good way. He's not in a good place. And what he decides to do, instead of, he, ha he feels he has to prove himself to the Avengers. So what he does is he creates a robot, not unlike Ultron, that only he knows how to defeat. So it's unbeatable, apart from this one little button that he can press or this one little thing can it, that can deactivate the robot. His, his wife finds out about it. He is incensed. He's mad. He's like, you don't understand. I need to redeem myself. And he gives her a violent backhand. And, and you know, it's a very famous panel. You can find it all over the internet and sends her flying. The, later on, the meeting takes place. All the Avengers are there. And Wasp turns up with a black eye and goes, you know, Hank, you've got to, you've got to tell him what's going on. You're going to tell him what's going to happen. And the robot at that moment breaks in, starts trying to, you know, destroy everybody, takes out Hank Pym. So nobody else can take, knows how to take out this robot apart from Janet Van Dyne, the wasp, or Janet Pym, the wasp. And she takes out the robot and reveals the whole plot to the Avengers. And they go, mate, you're, you're out. You are out of the Avengers you know, straight away. And, and Janet files for a divorce. Now, back to our friend Jim Shooter, who wrote this story. Surprise, surprise. Um, he said that this was not meant to be as aggressive or as violent as it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be an accidental tap. So he's kind of thrown his arms in the air. He doesn't see Janet and he hits He hits her. A bit like maybe Spider-Man in Spider-Man 3, Peter Parker in Spider-Man 3, when he accidentally hits Mary Jane. But the, the artist didn't interpret it that way and, and made it a very violent, obvious, definite act. So this story kind of has, has haunted the character of Hank Pym forever. He's not really ever recovered from this storyline. There's, there's been people have either ignored it, people have either attacked him for it or had characters attack him for it, or they've, they've tried to redeem him. And some of those stories work and some of them are good. And I, I don't hate him as a character. But this storyline, not only does it trivialise domestic violence and domestic abuse, which is horrendous for anybody or you know anybody going through such a thing, but it also kind of trivialises mental health and mental health problems as on top of that. Because he kind of he comes back to... like he, well, he's, he's got no money. He's not making any friends or anything. He's... And his old enemy, Egghead, um, finds him and he basically convinces him to commit a crime unknowingly. And he's arrested and he's put on trial only for Hank Pym to kind of recover, apologise and sort of redeem himself. But then again, again, other writers have constantly brought this up. Uh, Tom Breathall uh, said that the fans, no matter what they do, the Marvel writers do, the fans are not willing to forget Hank Pym did this. And obviously it's an, atro it's an atrocious thing to do. It's a horrible thing to do. And a lot of people feel like it's a blight on the character. It's a, a blight on his storylines. And again, he's done all these other things to try and make up for it and to be, be a better hero, be a better person. But yeah, it's, uh, it's such a famous storyline and it's tragic that it's trying to again it's just like it's 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 i think it's coming from a good place somewhat that he's but it's just ruined it's just bad and it'll never never really go away and that's the real reason why the, the marvel cinematic universe used scott lang as opposed to henry pym because henry pym still has that black mark against his name and i I've, I've always took issue with schuster's kind of um comment on this 
Hmm. He's notoriously involved in every aspect of the editorial process of any of the comics yeah. he's involved in. Um, and if he if, if he thought that was a bit too handy, he'd give it back to the artist and said change it. Um, he's famous for like sending things back and getting really involved in stories and everything had to be done his way. So him coming out saying it was only supposed to be a light tap, it wasn't supposed to be, it was supposed to be like in the moment. I was like, nah, you'd have seen it. You, if you thought that, yeah, you'd have asked it to be changed. Exactly right, exactly right. And um, in The Ultimates, um, written by Mark Miller, have you noticed that a lot of the same names keep cropping up when we talk about these controversial moments? Mark Miller is just, he loves them, doesn't he? Yeah, that's all he does, that's all he does. You know, love him or hate him, you know, he's got good stories, got bad stories, but he is, he is who he is. Yeah, he basically reenacted the scene, but it was horrifically violent it was he mm. he he slaps he grows to giant size slams slams her slaps her she shrinks down he gets a bug spray and sprays it on her poisons her it's it's horrific it's brian hitch artwork but it's just it's just horrible it just comes out of nowhere as well it's he's like he's very obviously a very insecure character but it just absolutely obliterates her so if you if you look if you want a more violent version of this you can find it in Ultimates, but I, I really didn't like Ultimates either. You? Yeah, Ultimates is not a good book for me. I can see why some people like it, but it's just, I just didn't, I couldn't get into it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of things, like I said, there's been a lot of changes for Hank Pym, a lot of identity changes. He's going, you know, he's not wanting to become a, an Avenger. He almost committed suicide at one point in West Coast Avengers as well. He's, he's not a well guy. He never has been. His mental brain pattern was the basis for Ultron. So that's why he's so fucking mental as well. It's just really sad. But recently what they did, which I thought was actually quite a good idea, was they actually merged Ultron and Hank Pym together into one being, which I think is a kind of sad, bittersweet end to kind of his story. Because he doesn't really have a body anymore. He's kind of just a machine now. And it's like an absolutely fucking bonkers machine. But it kind of, I kind of feel like that's the best way to kind of say goodbye to that character um, and kind of put put that all to, to rest. You know, take him and make him an actual villain, like an out-and-out -out villain, as opposed to just somebody who's a hero, who's, a, who's you know, a domestic abuser. Now he's just, the, he's a maniacal, you know, murderer who would do things like domestic abuse. He would cause women harm. I think that was one of the, the better kind of editorial choices they made about Hank Pym as of late. Good, good one, but a bad one. You know what I mean? Yeah, you? yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no real... There's not going to be any honourable mentions. I think there's only going to be runners-up in this one today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dishonourable yeah. mentions. But yeah, I think it's I think it's too famous not to to not include, I think, for me. No, I um, agree. I agree. So, so yeah. Um, cool. So that was my number two. So on to yours. My, 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 my number two is um, very short. Okay. Um, it's it's a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I've read it in volume two. I think That's right, two. yeah. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Invisible Man, who's in who's in um, the Extraordinary Gentleman, has been a very naughty boy, and has been conspiring and giving information about the League to to the enemies. Now, this would annoy most people. Fair enough, isn't it? You know, he's going against his, his colleagues. Um, but Hyde, um, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, Hyde, yeah, um, takes particular homage to this, and um, bums him to death. Can you can you repeat that, Dennis? Yeah, he, he bums the Invisible Man to death. Rapes him to death. To death. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. He's 
he kind of goes into a rage, finds him, hits him a few times, then from behind, drops his trolleys, and then rapes him to death. And then the next panel you see is just blood everywhere. All Jesus. over the, the table, all over Hyde, and he's just sat there. And everyone's kind of going, right then, moving on. Yeah, I think he. I, I think in the second volume, if I remember rightly, they introduced like John Carter of Mars and the H.G. Wells, um, you know, War of the Worlds Martians as well. And I think yeah. he teams up with the Martians from War, War of the Worlds. And I think that's why he takes umbrage, as you so put it. But he, he, he bums him to death, Dan. I know. I know. I've, I've read it. That's that was the probably that's probably the most shocking bit of that book um, for me. And it, just, it, it kind of comes out of nowhere. You yeah, expect, absolutely. Expect Hyde to probably just pull him in half or beat him or do or do something. From what I remember, it's none of the fun. none of the book is like that. The rest of the book is no. not like that. That just it's just exactly. like hyper violence. Here it is. Yeah, and you're thinking, ah, and it's one of those things you read. You, you can look at anything and you go back and you no, hang on, no, he did. No, he definitely did. And then a few weeks later, you think, no, I'm going to check. No, he, he definitely 100% did. Mm, he and did do it, that. It, it, it's just bizarre. How, how, how it's compared to now. It's one of those things that you kind of just go, eh? Yeah. Like if, 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 if Hyde had done this, or if, you know, before, because he's quite a violent character in it, but this just kind of, yeah, rapes the Invisible Man to death. Yeah. Which we're probably not going to see in the shared universe anyway soon. I was going to say it wasn't in the original movie, was it? They kind of left that. They <laughs> no, no, no. left that on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to see that at the beginning of Van Helsing, are you? <laughs> oh dear, Jesus Christ! Uh, Van Helsing to death. Jesus. In fact, I, don't, I can't think of any other time where I've read an issue, read anything where someone's been bummed to death. No, I don't think so. I have nothing more to say on it. That's, yeah. That's, it made me feel a bit funny, to be honest. I, yeah. I, I didn't. Like reading it now, it's uh, I'm cool with it because I, I kind of but it was it was like what? Yeah, yeah. Okay. To kind of that's a kind of flashback and go do a second take on on yeah. those because it's just it's, bizarre. It's, it's the scene after where he's just covered and everywhere he's covered in blood, and you're thinking he must have ragged him all the way around the room. Yeah, it's just it's horrendous. Yeah, like you, like that's the thing is that your imagination is filling in the blanks, and that's almost yeah. more disturbing because you see you see him drop his trousers, you see the aftermath. You don't really see what's yeah. what actually happens in real time. You know, it's not like what it's not like Watchmen where you kind of get a gist of it. It's yeah. really but he's so pleased with himself. He sat yeah. at the table with a big smile on his face, pleased with himself. And you're thinking, yeah. okay, I'm gonna move on now. But I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing. I've not read any more League of Extraordinary Gentlemen since that issue. Um I, I finished both volumes. Um I, I, I enjoyed them on the whole. Um, it's very, very different from the movie. The movie is the movie is in name only, and that is it. There's nothing, yeah, yeah. nothing else in relation to it. I, I would recommend it just because it's it's a different, it's a totally different kind of animal. But yeah, prepare yourself for that scene. I think generally I quite liked it. I like the artwork. Um, I think the writing was pretty good. I like all the literary characters like Fu Manchu and mm. you know Moriarty, all these kind of characters that come yeah. in, John Carter. You know all the all this stuff. I thought that was a really cool kind of shared universe idea, um, which maybe one day they'll actually do proper and good. But who knows? Maybe not. Um, that the bumming scene. Yeah, maybe leave that bit out. Who yeah, knows? Don't, don't, we don't need that. Yeah, I don't need. I mean, I, I've already. You know, it's already in my. It's already in my mind. You know, I don't need. I don't want to see it visually anymore. It's 
it's, it's, and it's, and it's disturbing enough in there. That you have to see it. If you Google it, there is there is the panels there. So yeah, you can find the panels. It's yeah, it's if, the re- if you feel you need to see it and have a look at it. But yeah, um, there's no explanation, no big thing. That's it's just I think it's shocking. Yeah, so that's, that's yeah. it's just it's probably like you know Hyde probably goes, "What's the worst thing I can do to him? This," and that's and that's it. Awful, awful, awful. Speaking of sexual assaults, Dennis, I've got one. Really. Yeah. So this is my number one. This is my number one. So this is Ms. Marvel gives birth to her own rapist. Celebratory issue. A second. Yeah, you gotta get yeah, take that in. <laughs> Ms. Ms. Marvel gives birth to her own rapist. Okay. Celebratory issue. Avengers 200. Double-sized issue. Big celebration. All the all the characters on the cover, George Perez artwork. Everything's looking good. So in the previous few issues, Ms. Marvel, while chatting to the Scarlet Witch about having children, falls pregnant herself. And she does not know who the father is. And also her term, her pregnancy, is sped up and she gives birth in in a few days, in the space of a few days. She has no idea. She doesn't know who the father is. She's not been with anybody that she knows of um, in, in recent times. Um, to and and you know and to have this speedy birth, she had no idea. So all the all the Avengers, she gives birth to this this um, this baby. Weirdly, uh, very unusual birth for Donald Blake, Doctor Donald Blake, to deliver. And then everyone's congratulating her. Beast is saying, "Oh, I can be his teddy bear. I can be your baby's teddy bear." Wasp is going, "Congratulations! Oh, what a beautiful baby!" And Ms. Marvel, Carol Danvers is there going, I don't know who the father is. That's not my baby. I feel like I've been used. And everyone's like, what's her problem? What's her issue? Why has she, why she got such a bad mood on her? Like Wonder Man's like, yeah, you, you, you've got, everyone's got their problems. Not quite Wonder Man. He's like, uh, I don't understand women. Uh, just <laughs> horrific. And, and Wasp doesn't, doesn't really understand. And she's like, oh, who knows what... She, like, she's talking to uh, Joe Castor, who's a robot. She's trying to understand human emotions. She's like, yeah, some people... That, he, even humans don't know how to deal with, with human emotions. It's like, fuck off, Janet. You know, this, this woman is going through something horrific. And, and you're just acting like this. The Avengers are awful in this if, issue. It's the worst, worst depiction of the Avengers I've ever seen. Awful. Just horrible, horrible people. So basically, we find out that the baby is now is is aged to adulthood in the space of a few hours. And he reveals himself to be Marcus, who is the child of Immortus, who's a time-traveling villain of the Avengers, um, an old villain. And what he what he did, he got abandoned. His dad died, Immortus died. Um, and he was abandoned in limbo, basically, which is where Immortus lives in the middle of non-time. So time doesn't really pass there. And basically, he had to find a way to escape. So he pulled Ms. Marvel out of the time stream, abducted her without her knowledge, brought, brought her to limbo. He plied her with food. He made Shakespeare write her sonnets. He, you know, all, he had, gave her everything she wanted uh, just to woo her. And he does not do that good a job. So then he uses his machines to psychically force himself on her. So he forces her to consent to having sex with him. So then he implants himself into her body and she gives birth to him. 
it's just, it's just an awful story. This just just terrible. I just it's shocking just to read all this out. So basically, when he's grown to full adulthood, some basically his him escaping limbo is tearing time apart. It's like ripping. There's dinosaurs appearing, knights, you name it, all sorts of stuffs going on. And Carol finally confronts the the baby Marcus that she's been avoiding, and and he says, "I'm going to have to return to limbo. Your world will end. Time will end." You know, it will stop, you know, it will just collapse the time stream. And she goes, oh, wait, can I come too? Because actually, I'm in love with you. I'm still in love with you. And he goes, yes, thank you. I'm glad you said that. And the Avengers are like, yeah, see you later. Have a great time. Off you go. Off you trot. So effectively, in short, Ms. Marvel is abducted, date raped, forced to become a brood mare, shamed by her colleagues, brainwashed into thinking she loves Marcus and abducted again and then the Avengers stand by and let it happen they have no issue with it basically she's raped and then she's convinced that she likes it how awful is that it's absolutely appalling and thank you for bringing this to my notice my friend (laughs) I did I did so Dennis wasn't aware of this particular storyline no not we were discussing uh, we were discussing um, the the women in refrigerators controversy, which is another controversy. And I said, "Mate, that's nothing compared to Avengers 200," um, which it isn't. It's amazing. There's so much stuff on the internet about this, and there's been so much published about this mm. story. It's ridiculous. Who, who, who was who was who was credited with writing it? Jim Shooter. <laughs> no, really. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise, eh? What a surprise. <laughs> Shock. <laughs> Shock and horror. He apparently had this idea for, for the Ms. Marvel comic, but it never kind of came about, or a Marvel team up or something. He wanted the Supreme Intelligence, the Kree Supreme Intelligence, to impregnate Ms. Marvel or something. So so it, it didn't really happen. So he, he kept holding this idea and he said, This is the issue for it. To celebrate 200 issues of the Avengers, we're going to do this. This was so shocking. That, um, that a famous article was written about it called The Rape of Ms. Marvel. And that was by Carol A. Strickland, who's a kind of uh, foremost kind of feminist writer and what have you. It even came to her attention and it's just, you know, a comic book. So this is why how crazy this is. Uh, Chris Claremont as well, who wrote The X-Men uh, famously, he wrote almost her, her entire first series, Ms. Marvel, developed the character, her villains, her lifestyle, her secret identity, her powers, everything. And then he found out about this and was fuming. He was incensed by this. So much so he wrote an Avengers annual, which basically blames the Avengers and the writers of that particular comic for doing what they did to her. And they, she could like, like Ms. Marvel is confronting the Avengers. She's in tears. You let me go off with somebody who abused me, brainwashed me and did horrible things to me, you know, without my consent. I was brainwashed. Could you not tell? How could you not tell? And, and that was the same issue that introduced Rogue as well, famously. It's just, it's, it's crazy. She, she, Carol Danvers went to join the X-Men. She hated the Avengers that much. That's how, that's how bad it was. That's how bad that whole situation was. And it still does crop up now and again in certain stories. I think Kang the Conqueror had a son that looked like Marcus because Immortus is a version of Kang the Conqueror and Ramatut and the Scarlet Centurion. But that's, that's a whole other podcast on all these kind of characters. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's absolutely shocking. Um, still controversial to this day. Yeah, 
I couldn't couldn't believe it. And uh, and just the way that just the way the Avengers act is horrific. The only person that does a good thing is Hawkeye because he he doesn't trust Marcus throughout the entire thing because he's Immortus's son. So he's like he's a villain. He's bound to be a villain. He's going to come out and he's going to be a villain. So he destroys the machine. This kind of causes the problems. But Hawkeye's made to feel bad about it. But he's the only one that does anything good in the entire issue. You know, there's this discussion with Hank Pym and Wonder Man talking about them men understanding women and how how crazy women are like I was like that's one of the worst panels I've ever read you know just those two characters back to back going yeah oh women what are they like you know these two those last two choices kind of joined together just through that conversation Uh, it's just shocking shocking bit of writing bit of storytelling and and again it took Ms. Marvel has had a horrific kind of rise to like the fact that we got a Captain Marvel movie with Carol Danvers, you know, out of from from there, from Avengers 200 to there, there's been a lot of, you know, this is this is this is a bit like Hank Pym. This is kind of, you know, dogged her storyline and kind of the black sheep in her in her history that kind of keeps cropping up. She even became an alcoholic for a time, which was quite interesting because of all the shit she'd gone through. It's kind of understandable. I think I'd be an alcoholic too um, after all this, if this happened to me. So yeah, just shocking. But uh, yeah, I've, I've told you all about it. You know all about it. It's, it's one of the worst things ever committed to comic book panels easily. I, I, have, to <laughs> I have to agree. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, what's your number one, Dennis? My my number one is probably a comic that not well a comic series that many people wouldn't have read, mm. um, and I'm not going to go on about it for too long because there were so many things wrong with it. Yeah, but it's um, Howard Chaykin's um, Divided State of Hysteria. Okay, um, which. The first issue has um, an, um, a, a lady in a burqa with the American flag made out of the well, the burqa's made out of the American flag. So that's the first edition. That's the first thing you see. Um, first of all, the book is garbage. It's absolutely horrendous. The writing's terrible. The the artwork's terrible. The the, the kind of the, the, the way the story flows is terrible. It, it, the book is garbage. Um, unfortunately, I do own it. Um, and the reason why I, own it, I, I have this, this, this problem that when people tell me I shouldn't read something, I shouldn't watch something, I have to do it to make mm. my own mind up about stuff. The book itself is, is set a little bit in the future, um, and it's set around Washington. And it's kind of set in a kind of where America is kind of perhaps heading in some places. In, in, yeah. You know, this, this is what the kind of um, idea is behind it. It's, it's it's appalling. Like the the couple of things I'm gonna I'm gonna point out is, is the first is is the the trans um, phobia which is in the book. Seven pages, seven eight pages showing a trans lady um, being absolutely beaten to almost death. She's picked up in a bar from these um, CIA people, and um, it's very clear that they know she's a trans lady. Very clear, you know, they're not hiding anything. It's not a trap, whatever. Take her back to the room. They start doing what they're doing, and then the beating begins. Oh, you've got a penis, da, da, and they beat the living crap out of her. Mm. But this goes on throughout the book. Now, it's, it's been said a few times that Chaykin might have a problem with trans people. After reading this, I'm kind of leaning towards that myself. Mm. Um, she, does, she does defend herself, and she does kill the, the guys. Right. But she's made out to be the villain of the piece. 
So she's been attacked, raped, and she defends herself, but she's the villain. Okay. Wow. Okay. The issue is then it falls around kind of different aspects of America. It's almost like done through drones. So you've seen aspects that were going around. Um, issue three, they actually pulled the cover um, because there's, um, the, the, there's a lady um, on the front cover hung with the genitalia um, cut away and uh, a racial slur on the front. And there was this big thing at Image. All the, all the creative image came out and said, you can't, you can't do this. You can't put this, you can't put this cover out and um, they pulled the cover, uh, but the the problem with that cover was it was only in previews. Everybody saw the cover. It was it, it was okay to put in previews. It was okay for people to see the cover. And there's lots there's lots of um, racism in it. There's lots of anti-Muslim sentiment in it. There's a lot of anti-American sentiment in it as well, which I think people kind of forget about. He's Chaykin is basically he plays both sides here. He's, he's pitching one against the other. He's prodding the bear, seeing which one bites back the, the, the most. The writing is so chunky and the, the kind of language he's using, it, it's, it's crap. Now, he, I don't think Chaykin's wrote anything great in a, a very, very long time. But if you had something to say about the way America is going, this, this wasn't the way to say it. And I'm surprised Image kind of marked the way they were doing. Like, my... my one of my issues with it was I had to get this online from the, from, from the States. It was very hard to get in this country because people were saying, oh, it's, it's, it's this, it's that and the other. Yeah. Frankly, I'll make my own mind up about it. You know, I'm a big boy. If I don't like it, I'll put it in the bin. Yeah. Let me read it and, and make my own mind up about stuff. I'm not a big fan of any sort of censorship. I, you know, I like to make my own mind about stuff. But it's garbage. Away from, away from all the controversy around it, and there is a lot. Like, if you, if you Google it, pretty much every image creator at that time had something to say about it. They did an open letter that um, Image published in previews mm. about pulling the book and how you know how, dis- how disgusting it was. So there's lots of, but all, all that did was make issue number one um, the biggest selling book of the month because you mm. couldn't get hold of it. People wanted it. People managed to get it. So it kind of, instead of just being quiet and letting people read and think this is a pile of shit, I'm not buying issue two or three or whatever. People were, were almost forced into getting the first three issues because of the pre-order system, you have to pre-order three books. So it made the book very, very popular. It wasn't. It's just the figures looked that way. It's an appalling piece of crap that I've ever read in my life. It's awful. And not just because of the, the, the content in it, but the way it's, the way it's written, the way it is. It's so awful. It's so mean-spirited. It's so, it's so in your face. It's, it's one of those things that you think, oh, after you've read it, you need to go and have a shower, brush your teeth. You know, kind of, this is it's just not good. And I, I, the problem is now, Jacob's going to be remembered for this book. You know, what's Shaking done since? Nothing, really. Mm-hmm. He's called, done a few indie books, he's done whatever. And I don't understand, like, you know, I, I've heard stories about Shaking at cons being a bit kind of racist and a bit sexist and a bit... I did, I, did meet, I did meet him a few years ago, but very briefly. I, w- I was kind of trying to joke with him about him going to meet Stanley because I was there to meet Stanley. He was like, no, why the fuck would I meet him? I've already met him. And I was like, okay, can you, can you do my sketch now, please? And I'll go. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it, was a, it, was, it was a little bit of a curmudgeon, but I, d- I didn't know if he had harboured any of these views um, or maybe not have got the sketch. <laughs> he has written, he wrote an, an independent, but I can't remember what it's called, um, but it has, it has apparently has a trans rape in that as well. Um, and, really? Um, and then he wrote another book that has a, a trans lady being beaten in that as well. Bloody hell, surely, surely cut your losses. Why yeah, keep, yeah, why and- keep doing it? 
what I got from what I got from this, I just lost. Just, just, we could do an entire podcast just on this one book. Yeah, I'm um, sure. And the actual, the, it's in the first issue, um, and this this attack on this lady is so brutally drawn. It's the only thing in the book that looks like he's took time on. Everything else looks like he's done it with a wax crayon. Um, right. And you're thinking about it, so why? I just don't. And it's close-ups of things, and it, mm. it shows it shows a trans lady completely naked. It shows them. I, I'm not going into it, but it's awful. No, it's, it's, it's fair it's enough. Not, it's not great. Yeah. And then in issue three, when there's this um, hanging of um, it, it, it's implied that she, it's a Muslim female, but right. it's hard. To, it's hard to tell with the artwork, to be honest. Mm, you could right. say it was a black person. You could say it was a Pakistani person. You could say it was a Muslim. Right. You could say, or you could say it was just a, a tan white guy. Whatever. Yeah. The way it's drawn, it's very weird. But she's dragged out, it, and it's so stereotypical. She's dragged out of a corner shop. It's and you think, oh my god, Jesus, is this where we are with this shit? Right, I, th- I I'll, I'll be honest, I'll be honest, Dennis. I don't know if I want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> it's not. It is the for me. I think it's one of the most controversial books, the most controversial things I have ever read in my life. Wow. And I don't understand why Image published it. I don't yeah. understand the, the thought process behind it. There have been books written about this sort of subject hmm. far better than this. There's been there's there's there's, yeah. there's lots and lots of books out there which have written about about kind of America and the way things are going and and um, the Islamophobia and stuff like that. And they have something to say. This yeah. doesn't seem like it's got anything to say. No. It's Fair enough. Cool. Fair enough. We're coming to a close, Dennis. Um, thank you very much for that. It's been brilliant. You know, I I, do, I I probably should have said this at the start, but I, maybe it should have been a disclaimer for some of the subjects we're going to be talk, talking about will be. Yes potentially triggering might i might record something for it just that might put that in towards the end but um do you have any kind of runners up i just i have been the issue by the way i don't i don't actually have it anymore oh that's good (laughs) i don't don't have it that's good burn it burn it um so do you have any runners up that you that you or dishonorable mentions um death in the family yep good one i think you know beating to death of a a teenage boy pretty controversial and also Mm. the fact the fans chose to do it that was that was also mentioned by I am at I am Jack's musings. He said, "How about the fan voted death of Jason Tops?" So that's a good one. Yeah, um, yeah I've got. Didn't Frank Miller say it was really appalling or something? Yeah, I think he had, yeah. Coming from Frank Miller, that's surprising. I know. Uh, um, I had um, Spider Man Sins Past, where where Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, takes Gwen Stacy's virginity. So yeah, hmm. that's pretty dark and disturbing one. Um, Superman and Big Barda make a porno. Yes. Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the, well, um, yeah. <laughs> I've also got I've also got um, ecstatics or X Force as they were known as well. Um, the time they resurrected Princess Diana to be a new superhero. Yeah, you remember you telling me about that one too. Yeah. <laughs> and then also uh, also mod Wonder Woman. See, I was thinking about the, the, the um, Spider Man. Is it one more day? Yeah. Yeah. His life. Sells his soul to the devil. Yeah, and you know, forget about it. Else, it doesn't. You know, yeah. I'm going to be married. And... Who's the character who's effectively, you know, could be considered a Catholic or a Christian? You know, seems a bit little off. Great power and great responsibility. Seems something wrong there. Teen, um, Teen Titans, the Judas Contract with yeah. um, underage sex, um, and the Green Lantern. Um, how Jordan having a relationship with a. She's about 13. Yeah, Aresia, I think she's called. She yeah. uses the, what she does, she uses the Green Lantern to age herself. Um, she's like thir- she's like 13, but then she grows herself into a full woman. I don't know how the Green Lantern ring does that, but there you go. 
it, there's a really good panel in that though where all the like there's the, all the major Green Lanterns that we know about are all like there's a picture of him kissing her and everyone's like eh? all the mouths are dropped yeah like, what Quite a good, quite a good. bit dodgy there are quite a few yeah um well i'm gonna mention one last uh listener comment um so jack dobson um says i think my most controversial moment would be when optimus prime got killed off in the 1980s transformers comic that was done by marvel at the time as it was quite the game changer and the ultimatum story arc from ultimate marvel was also controversial so I, i'd agree there i think that's the one where um, Optimus Prime loses a video game with Megatron because he cheated, and then he's like, "No, nah, you've got to kill me anyway," so just kills him. Oh, and they okay. stores his brain, stores his brain on a floppy disk, I believe. Floppy disk. Yeah, back in the day, floppy disks. Said, there are there are lots of controversial stuff in comics, but at least they do make us talk about things. You know. Yeah, definitely. We, we talk about kind of where movies are now and stuff. Comics have been doing it for years. Yeah. Comics have been pushing the envelope for a very, very long time. Whether people like it or or whatever, yeah, they have been doing it for years. And that, and that's. I think it's important to have a dialogue. You know, not not. You're never going to agree with everybody. They've got. They're going to have strong opinions, and I think it's important to hear those opinions out. You know, especially the ones you disagree with. You know, even if they are horrendous and horrible, I think you ha- you've kind of got to hear them out to some degree because you know that's freedom of speech, isn't it? And if we mm. didn't have freedom of speech, then where would we be? You know, and the you know ideas need to be passed around. And, and to be discussed and and that's how we find our way in the world you know um you know not being judged for those things but um but it's but it was a very interesting discussion overall yeah i just i just think you know because it's quite a somber note we, we ended on i think it's important to kind of say you know you know comics were having gay marriages way before tv and everything else yeah doing it. we had yeah, absolutely like, um, characters taking front stage in comics um, we had, you know, um, plus side superheroes. You know, we've had lots of stuff in comics way before any other media caught up to it. Absolutely. Um, so as much as sometimes you read stuff and think, oh, hang on. You also read stuff and think, yeah, that's excellent. I, I cried at Superman Up and Away number six the other day because the end of it was just so beautiful. Wow. Um, and that's what comics about. For every, you know, hide and this, that, and the other, there is, there is, there is yeah. hundreds and hundreds of the Superman stories. Yeah, exactly. About it. There's some there's some great stuff out there. I know this. I don't usually tend to to you know harbor on the negative on these on these episodes and these kind of these podcasts. I try and be as positive about things as I can. I know this is quite a negative, somewhat negative subject, but I think it's important to to realize you know where mistakes are made and where, what what's happened since. So so it's it's important on the, on in the in the long run to know about these things and to and to you know not repeat these mistakes of the past you know that's why we remember them fantastic well fantastic. thank you thank you very much dennis thank you very much for everything today um that has been a fascinating list um hope you enjoyed mine as well i hope you guys have enjoyed it as well um you know where to find this i'm not going to repeat it this week you've heard it a million times before it's 50 plus podcasts where i say where you can find us so listen to that instead <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a great time. Goodbye.